Welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. The Championship Vision Podcast is about coaches impacting coaches. We believe that coach mentoring is an essential part of coaches getting better at their craft in our profession. We bring in the best high school basketball coaches in the country to share their vision on what it takes to run a successful basketball program. So stay tuned for another edition of the Championship Vision Podcast with your host, Coach Kevin Furtado, the head girls basketball coach at Walnut Grove High School in Loganville, Georgia. Coaches, the Championship Vision Podcast is so proudly welcoming the Legends at the Grove Basketball Coaches Clinic on September 12th, 2021. This clinic is one of the best you're going to find. It's a super clinic of 10 of the best high school basketball coaches in the state of Georgia. It will run from 8 o'clock to 6 o'clock p.m. Let's talk about the great coaches that are going to be present and speaking and sharing their wisdom at the clinic. Gene Durden, eight-time Georgia High School Girls State Championship coach from Buford High School. Kobe Durden, his son, his assistant girls basketball coach at Buford High School. Jarrett Hunsinger. 2021 Missouri 4A Girls State Championship coach, Pete Acock, legendary Georgia high school basketball coach, Hilda Hankerson, 2021 Geico Girls National High School Coach of the Year from Westlake High School in Atlanta, Jesse McMillan, the 2011-2013 Georgia High School Boys State Championship coach from Norcross High School, Kathy Ritchie Walton, the 2008, 2009, 2010, 2012, and 2013 Georgia 4A State Championship Girls Basketball Coach. Alan Whitehart, the 2021 Georgia Boys State Championship Coach and participant at the Geico National Tournament out of Milton High School. Dr. Hal Wilson, Associate Professor of Coaching Education at Georgia Southern University. Sharman White, eight times Georgia High School Boys State Championship coach, also the U16 USA basketball coach. He coaches at Pace Academy in Atlanta, Georgia. Coaches, you can buy single session um, passes for this, or you can buy both uh, session passes. So if you are interested in coming to the clinic, please email me, Kevin Furtado, at FurtadoK57 at gmail.com. That's F-U-R-T-A-D-O-K-57 at gmail.com. Or you can contact me at 478-461-4403. I will send you the easy registration link for you and your coaching staff. I have a special deal for your coaching staff. Um, You can bring as many coaches as you want for $175. You get 10 of the best coaches in Georgia for such a great price. So, hey, we love to have you. I'll be promoting this on social media. Uh, Please contact me for the Legends at the Grove Basketball Coaches Clinic coming up September 12, 2021. Coaches, welcome back to the Championship Vision Podcast, episode 247. We got a we got a treat here today. Uh, we got Coach Leonard Epps. He's the uh, men's basketball coach at Tacoa Falls College out here in Georgia, building a great program uh, in a, in a wonderful area out there. A lot of people are not familiar with Tacoa Falls, but it's beautiful out there. He is building a beautiful program out there. Leonard, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I'm um, definitely excited. I've been, uh, you know, once you guys contacted me, I did a lot of research and following your podcast. So I'm definitely excited to be on. That's great. And today's podcast, uh, you're talking about soaring together, building a building a program, coach, because all the all the podcasts pretty much about 99 percent of them are about high school coaches. How do you build a college program? I mean, I don't think that's a topic that a lot of people talk about. You had to come in there from the ground up and build it. Um, so, Hey, before we get into that, uh, talk about yourself, your career. Um, you have, you have coached at a few places, man, and done a great job. Talk about your career. 
Yeah, I'm uh, I'm originally from Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, so, you know, basketball runs deep in my family, uh, just in the state of Kentucky. I, you know, I grew up around it, uh, you know, and so home, home is definitely plays a big part in who I am and, you know, my background, but, you know, I'm originally from Louisville, Kentucky, uh, had an opportunity to play college basketball out in York college of Nebraska. Uh, and that's actually where I got my coaching start, uh, coaching with, uh, my guy, Delton Dill, who's over at Sagu in Texas now. Um, and then from there, I had an opportunity to go play professionally and coach over in Germany, uh, which is kind of where I always say where the, you know, the coaching bug really bit me. Um, and then somebody had a crazy idea to, uh, let me build a program from scratch out in Montana. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I, I took that me and my family moved from Kentucky all the way across the country out to Montana. Uh, was out there for three years. We built that program from scratch. Uh, and I tell everybody out there, anything that could go wrong, it did go wrong. But uh, I was able to learn a lot. Uh, and then from there, I went to Texas, uh, NAIA program out there at SAGU. Uh, went over to uh, Little, uh, sorry, Hot Springs, Arkansas, uh, over at Champion Christian for a year where we set a school record for wins. And then now I'm here at Tacoa Falls. So looking to do the same thing here. What a grind coach. I mean, is that, is that as far as college coach, you tell us as far as college coaching, I mean, you were all over the country right there. Is there a plan of attack or certain schools you're looking for, or you're looking for that great break? You're looking to build, you're looking to, is there a particular school you're looking at? What's the plan of attack when you're trying to build a resume? Um, I, I you know what? I don't think I've been out to try to build a resume, uh, more so that it's just been looking for somebody that is going to believe in me and, and, you know, and want to grow with me. You know, I had that opportunity out in Montana, which was the only opportunity that I had to be a head coach. And <clears throat> I was the AD as well out there. And, you know, they believed in me. And, you know, my mom always told me, you never leave a place until you leave it better than you found it. And uh, I believe that we did that there, you know, with it not having a program at all. And, you know, we built we built everything from the colors to the, you know, mascot. I mean, you you know, you name it. We did it all out there. And um, and I felt like from there, I, I said, you know what? I'm missing something. Um, let me go back and let me you know, let me learn a little bit. And so my mentor called me. Uh, he's at a really prestigious NAI school out in Texas, you know, SAGU. Uh, and he asked me if I wanted to be his assistant. And I said, you know what, this is perfect timing. I do need to, to learn a little bit more. And so I went back out there and uh, became an assistant. And I was like, man, I'm missing it. You know, I want to be that head coach. And so just kind of look for somebody that was uh, trying to give me an opportunity. And I put my name in for all kinds of jobs. And I just felt like, you know, I, I made it to the finals of, I mean, I, I don't even have enough fingers to hold up um, where I was just looking for, for anybody to give me an opportunity to, to prove that I could do this. Uh, and Champion Christian gave me that opportunity. Um, we went there. We were there for one year. Uh, we built the – there was only two returning players on that team. So we recruited, you know, a bunch of guys in. And, you know, in one year, we you know, like I said, we set the school record for wins. And, uh, you know, my biggest thing is I, I want to be able to do it at a place where I can do it for a while and have some longevity. Uh, and I felt like uh, Tacoa Falls was one of those places. And so when I seen it come open, it was something that I couldn't pass up. And, you know, um, it's funny because, the you know, the athletic director uh, now, Caleb Barnes, he was the associate AD at a school in St. Louis, St. Louis College of Pharmacy, where I was a finalist for that job uh, maybe about six or seven years ago. Uh, where he passed up and he was like, we're not going to do it again. So he had an opportunity to hire me and uh, that's kind of where I'm at, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm just looking to build now. So you never know sometimes how things work out, right, Leonard? I mean, it's like you all, you think you've lost something, but you actually, in many ways, you gain the respect of somebody who was interviewing you and so forth. That's, that's pretty cool. How, what are you doing now? You're doing, what, what I, I kind of read that you're, uh, you're big into creating an identity with your program. Um, I love what you're doing with your recruits. You're recruiting here in Georgia. You got some really good kids. What's your philosophy? What, what type of kid are you looking for to go to Dakota Falls? Well, you know what? You know, we got, I, I got this from my mentor, you know, Delton Deal. Uh, you know, we say, 
uh, competency plus character equals consistency. And I think once you find a player that embodies those things, you end up getting a consistent person overall, you know, in the classroom, on the court, uh, in the community. And so those are the things that we look for. You know, obviously talent is what pops off, you know, the, the screen whenever you see somebody, but we really look to just get good quality people. And I think whenever you're able to do that, you're able to really build something and, and you have a strong foundation. And so uh, last year, you know, I got here and I wasn't able to recruit one player. I, I ended up bringing in one guy that, that came with me. Uh, but a lot of last year was getting the guys to really trust me. Uh, and, you know, they were trying to learn me. I was trying to learn them. You know, we butted heads a little bit. Uh, anytime that happens where you have turnover and a coach leaves and, you know, you got a new coach coming in, it's kind of, it's kind of like, do we, you know, do we trust this guy? Should we leave? And so, uh, a lot of that was just trying to get them to buy into the identity that I was trying to build, which is a family. You know, I, I, I like that family. And that's, that's kind of where Soar Together comes is because we're, we're doing this thing together. And uh, now that I get a chance to have parents come in and we've had a lot of guys on visits, uh, I'm able to talk to them, you know, just like I tell the parents, you know, I'm not trying to replace anybody. I'm not trying to replace a, a dad or a mom, but I do want to help them uh, you know, raise their kid, you know, and know that, know that this is a family uh, environment. And that's what I'm trying to build here. Yeah. And you're trying to gain that trust, right, Leonard? Um, yeah. With the parents on that. And that's not an easy task. Um, talk about the great talent around Georgia. Now, Coach Pete Aycock uh, coached in Appling, Georgia, coached in Atlanta, everywhere. There's great players everywhere. Am I wrong? <laughs> it is amazing here. It is amazing. Uh, I tell everybody, I've been all across the country. Uh, one of the places that I love recruiting was Texas. That's where I've got a lot of contacts out there. It's a hotbed for talent. And, you know, I told my, I told my old head coach, I was like, we've got some guys here all, all over Georgia, small, small town, Georgia to Atlanta. I mean, they're, they're, it's loaded. You know, I actually had a tweet a couple months ago that said this is this is one of the most loaded states ever, which is another draw for me to be here, you know, to recruit this type of talent. How do you draw kids to a small town in Dakota Falls? Um, I'm very familiar with that area. Now, what are you selling to these parents and to these kids? Um, you're going to have to really kind of I mean, you're, you're, you're selling yourself, aren't you? It's not the key. They got to really believe in you. Like I said before. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that, and that's just it. You know, coach, we, we really pride ourselves, you know, me and, you know, me and my staff on building that personable relationship. Uh, and, you know, to be quite honest, you know, you can find, you know, a quality Christian uh, education, you know, not only throughout the state of Georgia, but throughout the you know country. So, you know, it's not like we're selling something that nobody else is able to sell from an academic standpoint. And so uh, the biggest thing I think that I've been hearing from parents and just from, you know, the guys that's been signing with us is, Coach, we want to come and play for you. You know, you've been honest with us throughout the whole recruiting process. Uh, you know, you told us you told us everything from the jump. There's no surprises. We appreciate that from you. And that's how I go into every single recruiting pitch, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not really trying to uh, pull the wool over your eyes. I, I want to be as upfront as I possibly can and almost um, try to tell you all the negatives that there are that, 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 that you may be able to find so that down the line, you don't come and say, well, coach, what about this? No, coach told me right up front. He was very honest with me about that. So we definitely try to take that approach. And then, uh, you know, just my personality of saying that this is a family um, I let everybody know that, you know, my wife is a part of the program. My kids are a part of the program. You're going to see my kids every single day. <laughs> They're going to be in practice. Uh, I told the school when they hired me that I consider my kids as the, you know, the campus mascots. So everybody knows them. Everybody loves them. Uh, that's just what we do here. It's just a big family. And I think that's been received pretty well uh, from my recruits. Yeah, it sounds like you're already doing a good job of that, Coach, already just from, from what I've read. Let's talk about your program, your culture. You've already kind of talked about it already. Uh, what are the three? What are the three key words or two key words in your program that what you're known for 
within the culture. Everybody talks about culture, right? So what do you guys do in your program that sets you apart from somebody else? Yeah, it, it, you know what? It has nothing to do with basketball. Uh, I'm a I'm a big uh, person that's like a life coach, you know, I think a lot of a lot of coaches may say that they're X's and O's They're you know, I'm, I'm a life coach and we talk about stuff that, you know, you can relate to on and off the court, you know, things that actually translate into life. And so uh, we use three words all the time and, and, and you can use it on basketball. You can use it in life. You can use it in just everything, uh, but energy, effort and enthusiasm. And I, and I think if you attack everything in that way, you know, whether it be in the classroom uh, just when you're out, out in the community, uh, being active with people. And then obviously those are the intangibles, um, you know, on the court that has nothing to do with your ability. It's just how you attack the day, you know, with energy, effort, and enthusiasm. And you got to fight for that every day, right? I'm sure every day in practice, you're talking about those values. You got to sell that. You got to fight for that every day, right? Every day, every day, you know, those are, those are things that don't show up in the box scores. Those are things that, you know, but those are, those are things that we emphasize every day. And I think that makes you a better and more well-rounded individual just as a whole. Absolutely. Coach Pete, Coach Pete, what is your question uh, for Leonard? Coach, I'd just be interested in knowing kind of what your offensive uh, bones are and your defensive bones. And how do you approach it and what you how you emphasize those things those um those words that you use every day uh that your kids hear every day as you're coaching them offensively and defensively yeah um so i'll start i'll start with offense um you know, I've been we we've been doing a lot of spread offense uh, for the last several years for, you know, for me and my programs. We've been doing a lot of spread offense. We do a lot of things out of our transition break. Um, but this year I've changed. It's been, it's been very tough for me. I've, I've you know, I've got a new assistant um, and he's he's coming in. And it's actually the first time that I'm allowing somebody to kind of take over the offense and kind of, you know, that way he can have an easy transition. But it was also something that I was looking forward to doing anyway. Um, we're kind of we're kind of going to the the whole, you know, dribble drive thing. I've never had an issue with scoring, uh, but it's something that I just kind of wanted to kind of create my own identity for something that, you know, that I wanted to do and, and my program to be known for. Just because I've been doing the spread offense through through my mentor. Uh, that's something that he taught me. Uh, and I was like, you know what? I want, I want my own identity. Um, and so we just trying to implement all the things that we've been doing in the past, just with this. And I'm kind of letting my assistant, you know, run that, you know, daily to, to kind of build that and bring that in. Um, and so, yeah, you, you, you see all of those, you see all of those three, you see all those three emphasis of energy, effort, and enthusiasm with the way that we build up the main offense. And so, We'll start it from from just a one person attacking to a two people attacking. And, um, you know, one thing that we're really emphasizing, when we're, you know, whenever we're talking about uh, enthusiasm is everybody being communicating, being loud, being active. Uh, and my guys are starting to learn that if that's not going to be something, if that's not going to be a staple of our, of our program, then we're probably going to be on the line running. You know, what I do is when I when I go to these different games and, you know, we've been able to play Division One opponents and things like that, um, I'm watching and I'm observing and I'm trying to see what, you know, what other coaches do at the highest levels. And one of the things that I've noticed is the communication and the way that coaches are able to get their players to talk and just buy in to, to being locked in there and, you know, in that moment. And so those are, those are some of the things when I talk about um, – just that enthusiasm that I want our guys to do on a daily. And I think, you know, uh, putting guys on the line, that's an easy way to enforce that stuff, um, you know. And then when they get in, you know, I tell everybody, make the most of your time, you know, give that energy when you get in, you know, because you may not get that opportunity all the time. If somebody gets in and they're, you know, they're, they're showing that they can give me that energy every time, then your reps are going to go down. And so we just make sure that we, that we, um, um, 
you know, reward those guys that are coming in and giving that type of energy by, by giving them more reps, uh, because I think that creates some type of stability for our offense. Uh, and then just the effort. Uh, we, you know, we started something this year. Uh, I, I think our guys are really going to like it. We have a, uh, a big board. Um, a, a, a huge marker board. It's got all kinds of things that we're going to tally uh, for practice. And I think it has a lot of effort things in it. And so they're able to see kind of where their effort is every single day from practice. And that's going to be a big indicator of why they're not getting their minutes that they're, you know, that they're wanting to get. And so I think what, you know, what I told them is I do have an open door policy, but I think that's going to stop so much foot traffic from coming to my office of asking me, coach, why am I not playing? All you got to do is go look at the board. Tell me where your effort is right now. Uh, and I think I think that's going to help us a lot. I love that. Um, hey, talk about Leonard. How you're breaking down? Talk about this is break. Let's just talk about your your fast break. Kind of break it down for me. Are you guys running middle lane? You guys running the weak side middle? Are you running a two sided break where you guys are just running perimeter? How are you guys running your break? Yeah, so 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 we spread it out. We like we like to get it up the sideline. You know, we call we call it beat the camera. You know, we we, we want to beat the camera going from either a made basket or a missed shot. Uh, we're trying to push the ball up the sideline, you know, and, and we have a lot of different things that we look for really quick. And then we go into our early offense that that's going to transition right in. It's going to it's, it's something that flows right into our dribble drive offense. Uh, so, you know, in practice, the way that we get repetition and, you know, teaching our guys how to look for specific things is, uh, you know, you know, you know, we call it six trips. So you, you just it's a continuous six trips. Where, where you're hitting the first option, which is getting right on the sideline and trying to get downhill and try to score. If that stopped, then we'll go to our second look, our third look, where it's just building up until we get all of those things. But it happens really quick. And then if we get to that, the very last one, it flows directly right into our dribble drive offense. I love that. I'm going to ask you a question. I, I, you know, I've been, I've been around the game a long time. I don't, I don't think I'm really that smart, but I, I've seen a lot of stuff in high school basketball. Do you believe that it, you got to have concept concepts more than structure or structure first into concepts of your game? We all talk about dribble drive, spacing, all that. There's sometimes me coaching girls, we'll start with a high ball screen and then go into our dribble drive attack. Kind of give us your philosophy. I don't think there's any right or wrong. Yeah, no, I think, I think structure is where I, where I start. Uh, our, our guys are so, they're so eager. I mean, and it, it, it kills me every single day, whether we're, you know, uh, four months into the season or the first month into the season, guys want to play. They're so quick to just saying, coach, are we scrimmaging yet? And I'm like, we have to build. We got it. We got it. We got to create some type of structure for you guys to, you know, have an understanding of actually what we're trying to accomplish. And I, you know, I, you know, like I said, I, I thought, I think structure is where we start, you know, the concept of what we're trying to accomplish. I think that's always in the back of their head. So they know what we're trying to do, but I think the structure of actually, you know, making things second nature uh, to, you know, to their actions is, is really where I like to start. When you say structure, you're talking about a, a set play into your into your motion or talk about that a little bit give us an example of structure within your offense so it's it's, it's just um it's just kind of like knowing what you're supposed to be doing and so like going over going over things so so from a defensive standpoint we'll talk we'll talk about from a defensive standpoint from every single day we try to structure how we want to play defense so that we don't have to break it down so much in practice. So we'll build it up and we'll start how we close out one V one, how we close out. Uh, once that guy closes out to the ball and we're active and we're talking about getting up high when the ball's up, we're getting low, you know, when the ball goes down so they can get ready to guard from all the way to when he passes it, we jump to the pass, we swipe, just very, just very detailed things so that we can break everything down. Then we go into our 2v2, we're going to our 3v3, and it's just a structured way of how we plan to guard. And we do the exact same thing on offense from 
the the very first guy when he attacks and he's get and he gets himself right there to to one drop box, what does the other guy do? You know, and we and we just build it all the way up from there. So when you're breaking things down, I love that. Um, so you, you always got to have offense, defense when you're teaching, right? Which I think is a great way to teach. A lot of us go one on zero, two on zero. It sounds like to me you're combining offense and defense, both sides of the ball when you're teaching. For for sure. Yeah. So uh, one of the biggest emphasis that we're working on is working on playing off of two feet. Right. So on offense, on offense, um, you know, we could be doing like a shell drill, 4v4 or something like that. And we talk about when you, you know, when you swing the ball around, I want our guys jumping and catching the ball, but landing on two, ready to play. Um, at the same time, we're obviously talking about how we rotate, how we move uh, from position to position on our defensive side too. So we're, we're always working both offense and defensive side of the balls. Um, I think that allows my coach to, to, to watch one, um, you know, to watch one side of the ball and, you know, my assistant coach and then me watch another side of the ball so that we can continuously be coaching them and them not just going through the motions of if I'm on offense and, you know, we're doing shield and I'm just swinging the ball, swinging the ball. And I'm and, and if you're on defense, you're the only one that's getting something out of it. We want our guys to be getting something out of every single thing that we do, both offensively and defensively. What do you think, Leonard? Uh, what wins at your level? I mean, we all know players. We all we all say that. We all know player development, which not everybody does. But on the defensive side, is it you, you think a matchup zone can win at your, or does it matter? It's how you do it, right? Or, or what's what's your philosophy on the defensive end? Pressure, full court, half court, man, sagging, man. What do y'all do? Uh, so I've I've always I've always been a pressing guy. I like to press. A lot of coaches know me for it. They know when they're getting ready to play me. Get ready to play full court uh, because we're coming after you. I, you know, I think I have grown a little bit in, in, in understanding that I also have to play to the strengths of my team. Mm -hmm. uh, and so obviously that starts in the recruiting process. You want to recruit to your, to your system. Uh, and we try to recruit guys that can play all over the place. We try to recruit bigs that, you know, are not your prototypical uh, bigs, but, you know, guys that can also handle the ball and, and that, you know, in our, in, in our back line, um, they're almost guard like where they can intercept passes and things of that nature. Um, but, uh, you know, when I was, when I was in Texas, you know, I, and, and I kind of came up in this, you know, we, we've always done uh, on the line, up the line denial, uh, you know, that type of stuff and forcing them to the baseline. Whereas now where I've in the last two years, two, three years, I've been trying to create my own identity, uh, you know, and I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not reinventing the wheel or anything like that, but, I do feel like I have my own identity uh, from a half court stand on, on defense as we, you know, we kind of do like a hybrid of a pack line uh, where, you know, it's kind of unconventional where, where we kind of force our guys to, to the middle a little bit. What, what, so, so I shouldn't say force our guys. We, uh, we influence them to the middle. We're still playing, we're still playing tough defense, but we are playing in the gaps and we are influencing our guys to the middle. Uh, but I also like to add in, our press too, where we can fall right back into that pack line. And so I think that's a, a pretty good mix to have. And, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of, uh, it's not an all out press, uh, but it's one of those where, you know, if you ever see a beware of dog sign, that means don't go into the yard. So if you go into that yard, then the dog may attack you. That, that's kind of, right. that's kind of what we do. So. Yeah, I love that. Um, hey, what's the, Hey, coach Pete, because Coach Pete is, and he's a he's a pressing coach, and he's going to talk about that really quick. Hey, what question do you have for Leonard about his pressure defense that maybe uh, he hasn't discussed yet? Can you? What question do you have for Leonard? Well, I just want to say that I'm I'm glad to see somebody that can pressure full court and then go into a help side defense or a sagging man to man or a zone. It took me a long time to realize that because I always thought that anybody who played his own defense was just a bunch of sissies, you know. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I learned a I learned a great lesson from some good coaches on that. Remember the coach from Temple University? Hey, I'll oh, match yeah. up. People oh yeah. Oh, hey, hey, halftime. Halftime. People have eighteen points all the time. And uh, but I'm just. Uh, 
like listening to you and what you do. Uh, we run the old numbered break and we swing our guards, things like that. But you can, uh, coach is going to tell you here in a minute for Todd about Gene Durden, the girls coach at Buford. Now he's one that does a little bit like I think you do. He presses full court all the time. But then when that ball gets down the floor, he's going into, I guess you'd call it that Virginia help side defense. Yeah. Where the yeah. help is there early. And it's, they always taught us that it was either or you had to be a full court man-to-man, man-to-man all over the floor or else a zone guy. But I found out that you can do both. You can do both. You can do Virginia and you can also do Patino. You know, no wrong way to do it. did it for us, didn't he? Full court. That's right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. You know, that was that was actually one of the first things that I was told. Uh, somebody asked me, you know, what do you want to do, coach? Now, you know, now that you're a head coach. And I was like, you know what, man? You know, I definitely want to uh, I want to press. And they're like, well, what do you want to do half court? And I was like, I think I want to try to adopt this pack line. They was like, well, pressing teams usually don't do pack line. Right. And I was like, well, this one will. So, so there's no wrong way to do it. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you, Leonard, really quick before we You'll go be on. Glad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, before we go on to how you design your practices, talk about Baylor, the, men, the, the, the men's team from Baylor who won the championship. Also talk about Milwaukee. I've noticed that those two teams to me are extremely physical. Is that a brand of basketball we're going to see more of? I mean, they basically took Gonzaga right out of their, their offensive set. Uh, they're a great offensive team. Talk about physical defense. Why don't we see more of that with kids getting in the weight room, getting stronger, or is a matter of fact, is, is it just, we don't have the athletes for that? Um, I think we have the athletes for it. Uh, but I think with, you know, with the way that the, the rules have changed in college basketball, uh, it, it creates, it creates, uh, you know, coaches trying to implement how to play defense uh, a little bit safer, you know, so that we can keep our main guys on the floor so that they're not in foul trouble because the hand check is, it's crazy from, from one game to the next. I mean, you know, a hand check is not the same. So some guys get in foul trouble extremely early. I would love for I would love for college basketball to be called the way that the NBA finals was called, because I think that would create a lot more physical toughness in our game. And I, and I think that gets back to, to where we to where we all you know come from uh, of the past and watching, you know, guys like Jordan and Pippen and, you know, got guys that sit down and actually play defense. And, you know, it gets a little physical. And, and I think that 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 brings back the element of you know the importance of the weight room you know on the defensive side of things i think right now the importance of the weight room is more so um catered to offense where you know you're trying to you're trying to finish through people that are fouling you but i think i think it can have a room for uh, a place on defense too uh to, to just be strong and you know chest people up and you know things of that nature so I would love for it to be that physical. I don't think it. I, I don't. I don't think it is anymore because of the way that the game is called in college. That's a great point. You got to keep your key guys uh, not in foul trouble. You're right. One other thing I noticed with refs, though, you tell me at the college level, at the high school level, they start out calling hand checks, and when you get to the tournament, man, there's nothing called. I don't know if the referees tournament. just they, they just get tired of making calls because I know our style is. We're going to get up. We're, we, we're, we might foul you for two quarters, three quarters, pressure you. That fourth quarter, that referee ain't going to make that call anymore. I know that sounds stupid, Coach. But no, no. It, you know what? It's funny because that actually happens in college, too, uh, where, you know, it's called kind of tightly during the season. But then I'll check into the uh, I'll check into the national tournament and I'm like, man, where were those refs during our games? Because that's what we needed. I'm playing shorthanded because I, all my guys are getting in foul trouble. And unfortunately, I didn't make the national tournament, so I don't get a chance to play, you know, this physical style of basketball. And that's your goal, right? I mean, talk about that really quick before we get into your drills that you do. Is that one of your goals? How can you get to the national tournament? Now, we all know it's players get it but it's also about player development too can you guys get there coming up and what do you need to do to get there 
Yeah, you, you know, um, you know, we get 24 weeks with our guys. And I, you know, I think I, I think you have to be strategic in how you use those 24 weeks. Uh, we try not to to start our practices super early. So we're using those 24 weeks up. I, I try to save uh, two, two to three weeks for the end of the season so that so that we can start to get some of those individual instructions uh, in with our guys. Because I think player development is a huge part in how you get over the hump, how you get to that next level. And so that's that's actually what we, you know, what my philosophy is of getting to that next level is player development and then making sure that you utilize your time appropriately because those 24 weeks come and they go. And then, you know, a lot of teams – uh, as soon as the season's over with, they're kind of done with their guys until the next year where we'll take a week off, you know, let them, you know, get their bodies back and, you know, uh, you know, just, just just take off a little bit. And then we get right back at it for three weeks where, where we're going over individual skills and instructions just to try to take our guys from where they finished and take them to the next level right before they go home so they can have some things and some tools to go home and actually work with. Yeah, and we're look, hey, we're looking forward to seeing your team at our clinic, Coach. You can definitely show off some of the great players that you uh, brought in there to Tacoa Falls. We're all excited about that. Hey, my last question is this. Um, give us a player development drill that you guys do to make your players better, and give us a team drill that's kind of your DNA drill that you guys do every day. Because I want my coaches that are listening to steal from you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh... Well, one of the things that I that I like to do, I do it with guards and bigs. Uh, we call it we call it jab step progression, uh, and it's kind of where you know we got our guys up. They'll start kind of on the block, uh, and we have them toss the ball out uh, to the opposite elbow. We have them turn and face up, whether it's uh, you know a uh, reverse pivot or just uh, they they just regularly open up. Uh, and we work on we work on a couple different things uh, with them. Obviously, stopping, jump stopping, two feet land, playing off a of two, opening up. Uh, we have a couple different moves. We open up and we swing. We you know we swing through, uh, you know low below the knees. You know all of that ripping through. Get to the basket. Try to get to the basket in one dribble. Uh, that that would be the first one. The second one would be opening up the exact same way to a jab, to a hard jab step, to a jump shot. Then we'll open up the exact same way. We'll jab step, we'll cross over step, and then get to the basket. And then the fourth one, we'll jab step, cross over step, get to the basket, but then the defense stops you, so they have to spin back and finish with the opposite hand. We do that on both sides uh, of, the, of, of the lane lines, you know, from block to, to opposite elbow. Uh, and we try to make sure that we have them opening up both the, you know, the normal way and then the reverse pivot. That way they can understand how to, like, what what that translates into is like somebody flashing across the lane and they can just open up as the defense is then uh, following them. They can work uh, against that momentum of the defense, learning how to attack that momentum. So so that's something that we do with all of our guys, uh, whether it be post or or guards. Coach, do you find out and I want, you know, the high school coaches that are listening uh, or will be listening, what do you want the high school coach to do a better job of? I know you're probably in your, you're going, man, I wish these guys would teach more footwork, just teach more basics. What do you want from the high school coaches out there to do a better job of? Because I'm not sure if fundamentals are all being taught. You know what? It, it's funny. Uh, we had our guys in not too long ago and I, you know, we had a couple freshmen come in and I'm just talking just simple verbiage. Uh, I told, I, you know, I told, I, I told one of the freshmen, I said, Hey, I need you to get there on the lane line. And he was like, lane line, what is that? He said, he said, what is that? I was like, the lane, the lane line, you know, right. Yeah. He just didn't know what it was. He was like, cause I've never heard that before. And I think it's just very basics. You know, the basics of the game, the jump stop, the, the pass fake, the, the, the head fake, you know, just the very basics so that we can, you know, have a good understanding of, how to play the game the right way. Um, you know, I've got, I've got a, I've got a six-year-old and I got an eight-year-old. And so I get a chance to get on the court and teach them, you know, the verbiage of, of basketball. And I, and, and I'm hoping that when they go to the next level of, you know, elementary, middle school, high school, that type of stuff, that the groundwork for that small stuff is already laid. Um, 
and 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 they'll and they'll hit the ground running. And that's kind of what I'm that's kind of what I'm wanting from the high school coach. Um, I, I I think players feel like college coaches are they put college coaches on the, on a pedestal uh, because they're in college. And I'm like, listen to your high school coaches. There's so many quality high school coaches out there that you know you're talking about this clinic. I'm I'm super excited. I'm I'm looking at the field. Of, of guys who's going to be talking and speaking there. I'm super excited to get there so that I can just listen and, and you know, and be a sponge uh, because high school coaches is where you're getting majority of your knowledge from. College coaches, we hope to not have to go over those basics so that we can talk about some different things. And so the, the high school coach has to talk about the basics. He's trying to talk about some next level things so that he can, you know, better prepare you for college. Uh, and, and I just want the I want the I want the high school coaches, uh, high school players to understand that the high school coaches is really where it's at in your player development. And so from a coaching aspect, I just want high school coaches to understand that do not abandon the basics. The basics is necessary for your high school player to be successful on the college level. I totally agree. I think it starts before that with the middle school program, the elementary programs. I and mean, you got to build kids from the ground up. Uh, I was very fortunate to be taught by some really good, and I, I'm not talking about, you know, the greatness of me, but I, but I learned the game from a really young age, just on basic fundamentals. Is that why Europe and you, hey, USA lost just recently. It wasn't because we didn't have talent. I thought they were a better team and more skilled. Am I just, am I wrong? No, you are, you are completely correct. I can't remember what player it was that said that, you know, uh, individually, USA, Team USA is better than us. But as a team, you know, we play better. Right. And I think I think those basic uh, fundamental things start to play out more when you're playing together as a team. And your individual talent, you know, is on display whenever you're playing by yourself. And so that's not going to get you wins. I think, I think it can win your games, but it doesn't win your championships. Yeah, if you look at France's lineup, they have some really good players, man. I mean, they yeah. were loaded with good pros. And I was just watching Slovenia and Argentina. You got Luka Doncic. Uh, I mean, I mean, he's he is really a great player on that. I mean, and they're not from the USA. I, I think that that's a sounding board that we need to do a better job teaching, like you're saying, Coach, from the lower grades up. I think we got to do a better job of teaching fundamentals probably more than games. Right. So it's something to talk about later. That's another podcast. Um, hey, <laughs> before you go, give us give us some of your best drills. Pete Acock is going to teach your guys his chaos drill. All right. So but okay. Keith, what, what's your best drill that you do in your program? Team drill. I, you know, I guess I guess one of my one of my favorite drills, one of the one of my team's favorite drills. I know they they every day at practice, they hope that we have it on schedule for today. We, we don't do it every day. Uh, but we do, you know, we do it probably, I'd say, three times a week. Uh, we call it UCLA. It's just a continuous three-on-two fast break. Uh, I do a lot of coaching in it. There's a lot of rules in it, uh, you know, where there's two guys already back. You got three guys coming full court at you. Uh, we want to, you, know, we, we, you know, we coach it, again, from, from both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively. Uh, I have my whistle in my mouth just because I know that, I'm going to have to be stopping it and making them turn the ball over uh, from an offensive standpoint in that three on two. We want them to understand that we are in a transition break and we're trying to score quick. And so, you know, if there's too many passes, you know, whether they're good passes or not, if there's too many passes, I'm probably going to blow the whistle and tell them, you know, go. Um, if there's traveling or if it goes out of bounds, I know some coaches that just let them play and, and they try to try to make that, you know, that drill a toughness drill and, Sometimes the ball will go out of bounds and they'll keep playing. Well, you know, we, I referee, you know, if the ball's out of bounds, it's a turnover. If, if the ball gets tipped, then you probably give the defense time to transition back. And so it's no longer a break turnover. Uh, if it's a missed shot and it gets fumbled around, even though that you may get the offensive rebound, it's a turnover. It's no longer a transition anymore. So um, we do that a lot. And then from the defensive side, it's a lot of communication, you know, where you're back two on three and, you know, the last guy should be talking to communicating who's got first pass. Are we dropping appropriately? If, if somebody took the first pass and it wasn't you, are we closing out with our hands up? Are we boxing out? Are we finishing the play, getting rebounds? You know, we give a lot of different points for a lot of different things. And 
uh, we, we try to make sure that we're active in that. And it's not just uh, going through the motions of it being a three on two competitive drill. I love your points of emphasis. I think you're, I think that's a great teaching point. You got to have areas of the game you're focusing on, whether you give points for that or not, uh, because if not, it's just going to become chaos and you're not going to really learn anything. And why do all the coaches that I get drills from, it's always transition drills. Why don't we see more transition drills in practice? That's a good question. We have a lot of, I mean, we do it a lot because, because our game, you know, as you know, you got bigs that are pushing the break and you feel, I feel like the game is, is so sped up nowadays. Uh, there's a lot of transition opportunities. A lot of what we do is in transition. We try to create those, we try to create those scenarios a lot in practice so that we can kind of be prepared for the game. So that, I mean, that's a great question. I, I don't know why they're, they're, they're not more done, uh, but, but we definitely try to do a lot of them. Yeah, I think we do overcoach the half court game. And I know it's important, in, in, but I, I think we undercoach the transition defense and transition offensive game. Pete, what's your, before we go, Pete, what do you think about that? What do you think about the, the importance of doing more transition in practice? I think it's got to be the biggest part of your uh, practice because that's where the game's played. And um, transition is nothing but a mental thing. It has nothing to do with who's the quickest or whatever. It's the guy that takes those first three steps. It's that old rock song, give me three steps, mister, and I'm going to beat you, you know? And it's oh, that. Yeah. And uh, our whole game, three steps, mister, and I'm going I'm going to beat you. Get, let me get to that door. Yeah. Um, but everything we did in our practice was about transition. It really was. And, and then the rest of it was just straight man-to-man -man defense. But uh, I'm like you. I have a transition drill that just never stops. You know, I can do it for 30 minutes if I want to. Of course, we didn't. But or 10 or 5, whatever it takes, you know. And uh, I think you've got to get them to the place where they make the transition without thinking. It's automatic. Just, right. It just happens. And uh, I always like to uh, – and in half court offense, if I scream red, then whoever's got the ball just drops it, and there's an immediate transition right then, and they don't oh, know yeah. when that's coming, you know. But oh, um, yeah, no, I like the way you, I like the way you, I like the way you play. And um, hey, it's it's not a either or; it's a both and. And if you can keep doing that Virginia defense and working on that, and then the transition game that you've got. You know, people have to understand, Patino knew what he was doing, a 2-3 in the half court and then a full court press, right? <laughs> That's right. right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Coach, I know you got to go. I really appreciate you sharing with us. Uh, I'm going to really um, uh, talk a lot about uh, on social media, really kind of build your program up. But I know a lot of coaches out there are going to want to know more about your program. A lot of high school coaches – uh, particularly uh, where I'm working at in Walnut Grove, our boys team, man, has some players, man. So I want to make sure our, our uh, coach knows a lot about you. Um, but talk about your program really quick and how, how people can reach out to you. And we're sure looking forward to seeing you at the clinic. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're pretty active on, on, on social media, you know, and all, and all those platforms. So, uh, you know, I definitely, I definitely ask everybody, encourage everybody to, to follow our, uh, our Twitter and our, and our Instagram, uh, it's TFC men, men's basketball, MBB. Um, I mean, we, we're always posting things. We're trying, we're trying to shine a light on our program, uh, you know, not only throughout the country, but especially here in Georgia. Uh, like I said, you know, I, we hit on earlier, there's a huge, um, uh, talent population here in, in the state and we want to try to make sure that we're uh, able to reach those programs and we want them programs to to know more about us as well coach Epps, thank you so much and i know a lot of eyes are going to be on your program when you come out september 12th to kind of uh, give us a full day of basketball as our demonstration team hey thanks again for opening the doors to your program coach i really appreciate it most definitely thank you guys for having me and i appreciate any time all right thank you coach all right. Looking forward to seeing you, man. Looking forward to it.
most definitely, Coach. At Dr. Dish Basketball, we're creating basketball shooting machines that accelerate player performance. With features like on-demand workouts, multiplayer stat tracking, and instant analytics, Dr. Dish Basketball is the number one source for basketball training. Whether you're training in your driveway, running a practice, or developing a workout program, we have the most innovative training solutions to help your players practice like they play. And just for listening to this podcast, you qualify for an exclusive discount. Just mention Championship Vision Podcast to your sales rep when you call in. For more information, visit drdishbasketball.com or call 952-873-2633. Again, that number is 952-873-2633. And remember, be better every day. Dr. Dish Basketball's Virtual Camp 2.0 is now live. Our camp features drills and workouts from pro players, coaches, and trainers like Byron Scott, Quincy Pondexter, and four-time WNBA champ Lindsey Whalen. And though we're known for our shooting machines, the camp also features ball handling, agility, and conditioning drills to help athletes of all ages round out their game. A shooting machine is not required for this camp, but if you own or have access to a Dr. Dish CT or Dr. Dish Home, you can follow along with our pre-built program and track your progress and your stats. Sign up today to gain access to the Virtual Camp 2.0 featured drills and workouts by visiting drdishbasketball.com slash virtualcamp2021. That's drdishbasketball.com slash virtual-camp-2021. Coaches, I'd like to welcome our new Championship Vision podcast sponsor, Huddle Assist. The best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love Huddle Assist. With Assist, you get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And Assist is more than just the box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stats like lineup data, VPS, and of course, effective field goal percentage to coach smarter. Plus, Assist brings your stats to life. Every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happens. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com slash assist. That's huddle.com slash assist to learn more. Huddle will also be at the Legends at the Grove Clinic on September 12th at Walnut Grove High School in Loganville, Georgia. Come stop by our table to chat and see what we have to offer. 